0: Hello, and welcome to the Cherry Hills Church Podcast. My name is Luke Martin, and I'm joined by the one and only Jenny Elliott. Today, we're beginning a podcast series all about prayer based on questions that you, the listeners, have submitted to us.
1: If you'd like to submit a question for us, or if you're looking for other resources about prayer, you can visit our website, cherryhillsfamily.org slash dear God, to find the link to send us a question. Our goal in this series is to simply have a dialogue around the questions we have about prayer, specifically questions that you may have.
0: So Jenny, I know that neither of us would consider ourselves experts on prayer, if that's even like a thing that you can be. But before we jump into the questions, we're gonna discuss today, why don't you just start by sharing briefly like the the two minute version about your own experience with prayer. So how did you begin learning to pray? What has your journey with prayer been like? And what does prayer look like for you now?
1: Yes, Luke, you are correct in saying, I do not feel like an expert on prayer. I feel like maybe I should not be doing this podcast. But I will say that prayer really began for me simply as a way to see God and talk to God. When I was a young child, my parents just pointed me in the way of Jesus. And from an early age, that became very tangible for me. So in worship specifically, I remember standing and singing and looking at the back wall of the church and just envisioning Jesus's face. Just the only way I could get through it, I was wrecked with nerves, was to stare and pretend like I was looking into his face and just his peace came over me. And I think that just began this um, ongoing dialogue because I realized that I always had this invitation to talk to the God of the universe who not only saw me, but cared about me and loved me so completely. And so um, through that love, I think I've always sensed his invitation to come to him. Um, But I certainly don't ever feel like I've done it perfectly (laughs) or done it right And all along the way have tried to resource myself to, to understand um, the depths of prayer even more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For me, my, my parents were a big uh, early influence as well. I can remember watching my mom early in the morning, sometimes, you know, getting up, uh, seeing her hunched over the coffee table in prayer, her constant encouragement to me to be in the word, to be in prayer. Uh, We just had this kind of running joke in our family growing up that if you wanted to experience good weather. You couldn't pray for yourself. You had to ask my mom to pray for it because she was just kind of the, the anchor of prayer in our family. And it felt like she, she knew what this is all about and she practiced it well. Um, But for me growing up, I just, I had all kinds of pushback and skepticism and um, just, just questions like, how does this work? Why do we do this? This feels weird. Um, How do I know that what I'm praying for is actually going to happen? Is there some sort of secret formula or something? Um, So I really wrestled with prayer um, a a lot. It was something that was hard for me to develop as a practice in my life. I'd say that later in college, I started to uh, grasp more of the meaning, the beauty, the importance of this as a practice in my life. I can remember reading um, the late pastor, uh, teacher, poet, Eugene Peterson, and him saying that for him, a, a first priority for his church, for his congregation was teaching them to pray. Equipping them to be a people of prayer—that's really stood out to me and shaped my own approach to prayer and its place of significance uh, within within my life. Uh, and it's you know probably a lot of the reason I pray the way that I do today is from some of what I've learned in recent years from him and other people uh, about the topic of prayer. And so I just, I, yeah, I mean, I feel like you do, like not an expert, and I fall off the horse uh, time and time again on prayer, and I go through dry spells. But I think I've learned I just want to be one of those people who gets back on, right? who doesn't know when to quit when it comes to prayer. So yeah, excited just to jump into this as a fellow sort of sojourner uh, through you know
1: a life of prayer. I love that. Well, let's transition here to the questions that have been asked this week. You have submitted some great ones. So question number one says, "I feel as though I come to God with the same concerns, same asks. Same praises over and over. How do I keep my prayer life fresh and not be a redundant prayer?
0: Yeah, this is good. Uh, this resonates. I'm sure most all of these questions do. So I, the first thing I would want to say is that redundancy, I think is a problem for, for me, for us, but I don't think it's as much a problem for God, right? So long as we mean what we say, I think God you know, cares about sincerity, cares about authenticity, but I try to keep in mind, God inspired a, a prayer book, a song book within the scriptures, right? He gifted us the Psalms. And so people have been praying those same words, using that same language to talk to God for literally thousands of years. I don't think God's primary concern is you know originality, right? Uh, so sometimes, for instance, when I, when I tell um, my wife Mara that I love her, I wish that I could say that with as much meaning and emotion as the first time that I said it, right? Or, or how I said it on our wedding day. But I know that even though, of that same passion may not come through every time. It's precisely the repetition that is is beautiful in saying it, right? So, I mean, that said, I recognize that repetition can can demotivate us. It makes you know me feel rote or like I'm just kind of caught in some going through the motions sort of thing in my prayer life. So, there, you know, there's a couple of ways I think we can we can change up how we pray, what we pray for. Um, One thing, like I like to go for a walk when I pray, right? So Eugene Peterson talks about learning to pray with your eyes wide open. I think that's been really helpful for me too, right? Uh, Another thing, I want to look for some prayers from church fathers and mothers throughout history, people who have gone before. There's some beautiful words from poets and theologians. So there's sort of a joy in getting creative and discovering the heart and the language of prayer from other believers throughout time. And then the other thing, you know, sometimes I'll have uh, friends some guys who will text me and ask me what's going on in my life that they can be in prayer for. And sometimes there's like nothing too significant going on. Other times there is, but not only is that, you know, a great relational touch, but I know for them, uh, it it broadens their circle of concern for their prayer life and gives them new things, uh, that they can be in prayer for and come to God with. So, yeah, I don't know. That's what I'd say. What would you add to that, Jenny?
1: I love that. I certainly resonate with the getting outside part. Um, We serve such a creative God and there's just no end to describing him or experiencing him. So by walking out of my door, even if it's snowing or raining, um, there's something that shifts inside of me and in my words when I can meet with God in a different environment. Um, I just think another thing is to ask the Lord um, what he wants you to see in a new way around you. Psalm 119, 18 says, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. As you read the word and live out your daily life, ask him what he wants you to see. Um, The other thing that has been helpful for me recently has been something that I've heard referred to as borrowed prayers. But they're praying the written prayers of others. And doing that has accessed areas of my heart because they're written in language that I wouldn't have normally prayed myself or said myself Um, Some prayer books I love are called Face to Face by Kenneth Boa. And recently a book called Every Moment Holy by Douglas McKelvey has been very helpful to me personally. um, When I feel this way, just that my prayers are feeling mundane or I just don't have the words. Even through this COVID season, some of those prayers have been very helpful to articulate to God words that I couldn't do myself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, Likewise. My my wife and I love uh, that book, Every Moment Holy. It's a really cool book of prayer. Uh, So our next question comes from a parent. How do I keep teaching my kids prayer is important, even if they cannot see prayers answered? So I don't have any kids. So uh, Jenny, you're going to take first swing at this one.
1: All right. Well, I do have some kids. I have five of them. They range in ages from 19 to eight. And my greatest hope in teaching my kids to pray is that they will learn to know God more and will grow in understanding his love for them and just how they can trust him. It's all about building that relationship at a young age. It's not so much about asking for a list of things and then waiting to hear what God will say. It's more about praising and thanking him for who he is and asking him to teach us more about himself. So my 10-year-old Annie helped me answer this question also. She said, God always answers our prayers. It just might not be the answer we want.
0: <laughs> that's Yeah, that's right. Annie is the theologian this podcast needs. Um, so this also leads me to wonder, right? What makes prayer just important at all? Is it outcomes? Is it answers? And I think we've got to say, you know, yes, in part, but everyone who prays must know the reality of, of unfavorable outcomes, right? Of, you know, so to speak, unanswered prayers. So something that's been helpful for me, and I've heard pastors and their teachers say this is that prayer is not a means of vying for control. It's a means of relinquishing it. So utilitarians can't sustain a prayer habit, right? Prayer will never become important in our lives until we find prayer beautiful as well as functional, right? So I, I don't just, you know, pray to um, submit some some requests, right? I, I pray because I want to be with Jesus.
1: Beautiful as well as functional. I like that line, Luke. That's a good one. Um, another question that was asked, should I continue to pray about the same thing over and over like the widow in Luke 18, one through eight? Or do I pray my prayer and trust God hears it? I'm not saying to ever stop praying, but sometimes I feel like my praying feels like a broken record.
0: Yeah, I think we've all kind of wrestled with that too. Um, If I could, I don't know, frame this a bit. I think essentially what we're asking is when do we cease praying for something? Like when is enough enough? How persistent does persistent need To be Uh, so for those of you who don't have that that text handy, Luke eighteen, Jesus tells a parable about a widow who's been wronged, and he you know she pleads her case before an unjust judge. So the unjust judge denies her justice, and the woman is relentless in asking for justice. So eventually, out of sheer annoyance, the judge grants her the justice that she deserves. So Jesus concludes by saying, "This will not God bring about justice for His chosen ones who cry out to Him day and night? Will He keep putting them off?" I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So back to the question, when do you cease praying for the same thing? Trust that God uh, you know, has heard that. I think obviously when an outcome comes to pass, right? Favorably or unfavorably, then we, we probably cease praying for that thing. But you know, what about when an outcome is delayed or unclear? When should we stop then? Is it a sign of uh, faithlessness if we continue to pray? Is it a sign of faithlessness if we cease to pray? So I think if I could sort of summarize what Jesus's heart is in this, this parable in Luke 18 and say something like whether you persist in the same request uh, or let that petition fade from view, have faith, right? That seems to be Jesus's primary concern in Luke 18, faith in the faithfulness of God. God wants what's close to your heart, right? For you to be present to what concerns you. Uh, So if something isn't rising to the surface for you, you don't need to feel an obligation born from guilt, to pray about that, right? Just don't stop praying because you've given up hope. If your hope is failing and you're thinking to yourself, you know, if God was going to do something about this, he would have done it already. But then talk with God about that. There's a whole pattern of prayer and scripture about this in the prophets and the Psalms, right? Lament the waiting and the unknown and the suffering, the uh, lack of an answer, and then practice calling to mind the hope that we have in God, his works in the past, his promises that are secure in Jesus uh, for the whole future.
1: Absolutely. I love what you have to say here, Luke. And to the writer of this question, I applaud you for persisting. Um, the only thing I would add here is that sometimes I've noticed as I've walked with the Lord, I do get sick of of asking for the same things, um, maybe in myself, in an area that I want to grow in or an area where I've had failure, that I I just think I'm tired to bring that before the Lord again. <laughs> But I've noticed that when I continue to lift these prayers before him, whether it's a situation in my own life or a situation I'm praying for someone else that I'm not seeing breakthrough, I find that he shifts my perspective about myself or about the situation I'm praying for. He'll offer some sort of wisdom or insight into my own growth and sanctification or into my insight into how to pray for the other person. And I have found that to be um, so helpful as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Even if we don't see, uh, an external answer or, or change, uh, because of our prayers right away, you know, prayer always changes us. And that's part of the heart and the reason behind why we go to God in prayer. So we want to honor your time. Keep this short. I know many of us are just swimming in content right now. Uh, there's several more questions we've received that we'll keep working through on our list to get to some of those that you've asked. Uh, So again, to submit a question for the podcast, just go to cherryhillsfamily.org slash Dear God and click the button that says questions about prayer and you can submit to us a question.
1: Luke, this has been fun. (laughs) I'm really excited to continue processing prayer with all of you. This is so formative for us and we have so many of the same questions. Believe me that we are seeing you all ask and we'll be back next week with more questions on prayer. Thanks for listening.